As the title implies, the issue of race is front and center in the People's Report. Although racist language and attitudes pervade the podcast, those attitudes are espoused by characters who are portrayed here as explicitly small-minded, ignorant bigots. The real and much more enlightened perspective is provided by the main characters, Reed Clark and Amber Walker. Welcome to the August 15th, 2020 edition of The People's Report. And now we turn to lifestyle correspondent Fancy Harrigan to find out what she learned about a local man's living arrangements on our latest installment of Is He Is or Is He Ain't a Fuckboy? Fancy? Thanks, Reed. I'm on the 1400 block of West 67th Street outside the home of suspected fuckboy Sean Smith. The 34-year-old is accused of telling a woman he dated that he had his own place, despite reports that Smith actually grew up in the Southside home. Man, my mama lived with me. I mean, yeah, I lived here all my life, but I pay all the bills up in here now. This is my crib. A look at Smith's room, however, leaves this reporter skeptical. With word-up posters lining the walls, a small plastic basketball hoop hanging on the back of the door, and the faded floral bedspread suggests that Smith's decor has remained unchanged since middle school. I let my mama keep the big room because it's more comfortable for her in there. But for real, though, look around. What more do I really need? That comforter is durable. Sierra still looks the same as she did in 2003. Why would I change this stuff out? Smith's accuser reported that on a recent visit, his mother could be heard saying, and I quote, you better not have any of them fast-tailed girls in my house before she was swiftly escorted out of the home's back door. That chick got it all wrong, dude. I mean, I do leave the door open when I have a female in my room as a sign of respect for my mom. These hoes got to be up and out of the house before the sun goes down because my mama doesn't want anyone to see her in her bonnet. I get that. Sean, who you got up there with you? You better not have none of them fast-tailed girls in my house. This interview is over. You gots to go. As always, if you have a fuckboy or a basic bitch that you want to expose, hit up our tip line at 1-800-FUCKBOY. When Nellie Cartwright, it was a Sunday like any other Sunday. Sister Harriet was in everybody's business. Her son was late. And Pastor Marion was on some bullshit, giving everybody the side eye when he was talking about tithing and offering. I mean, once I can live at the church, he can get his money first, okay? After a stressful five and a half hour Sunday service, Nellie Cartwright went to her favorite local eatery, Glucose to the Edge. Here, she ordered a good old southern meal with a two-go cheesecake for dessert. The cheesecake is known around the neighborhood for using that good cheese, not that bullshit y'all basic niggas used to. On Sunday, March 15th, around 4.15 p.m., Nellie returns to her home, puts the cheesecake on the first shelf in the Frigidaire, right in the front. She goes to sleep until 10.30 p.m., naturally, so she can be prepared to watch a recorded episode of Greenleaf. She goes to the Frigidaire to enjoy the show with cheesecake the way the Lord intended, only to find there was no cheesecake there. Who ate my goddamn cheesecake? Was it her ain't shit son? I'm just glad my mama let me stay here. I learned after the sweet potato debacle in 1994 to put labels on all my shit. Was it her niece, who claims to be in town for the weekend almost every weekend, sometimes from Thursday to Sunday? I wasn't even here that Sunday. I was getting my hair did. Y'all gonna have me believe it was the damn dog, huh? No. Tune in next week for part one of a five-part series. Who ate my goddamn cheesecake?
This week, Joe Biden chose Kamala Harris to be his running mate. Here to comment, Kamala Robin Harris. Now, you know, this was the role I was born to be in. I've been a vice for white men all my life, right alongside chewing tobacco and fishing shoes. <laughs> I can't stand me no black man. Uh, if you see me with a black man, I'm holding up for the police. <laughs> Only white men for me, huh? That's my word, that's my word. I see Stacey Abrams in the audience today. Hey, Stacey. People talk about Stacey Abrams was gonna get the nomination. <laughs> Stacey Abrams couldn't even waddle her ass to the governor's mansion in Georgia, let alone to the White House. <laughs> I hope since they got a black woman in this administration, they don't think I'm gonna be watching nobody's damn kids. Somebody in Biden camp told me they wanted me to take their kids to Disney World. I show up and there's three more kids, three more kids. I say, who kids are these? They gonna tell me it's Jeffrey Epstein's kids. Well, where the fuck is Jeffrey? Vaccine, baby. Saints, we are gathered here today to mourn the sudden and unthinkable passing of one of our oldest friends, Harold's Chicken Shack Number 55, who went home to glory after 36 years of service to the South Side of Chicago. The fried chicken king to many, the best Harold's in the city to most, and even if you somehow claim to prefer the one in Hyde Park because you a bougie nigga, you couldn't deny putting our dear brother 55 in your top five list of Harold's in the city. He was just that undeniable. For the rest of y'all that said their service was bad or the lines were too long or that just one bite and we gotcha commercial was doing the most. This is a Harold's the fuck. We ain't talking to you today. This is a celebration of life. Some of our fondest memories of Brother Harold's include sneaking food in our big purses to the movie theater since who was about to pay for that dry ass popcorn and cheap ass butter when you could just get you a quick snack pack for the same price bringing your friends from out of town who wanted to see the real South Side to partake in a meal, who you then had to calm down because ain't nobody about to fight in his scary ass little girl. Niggas is just mad at this line to the point it don't make no sense of even calling in because you still gonna have to wait. We feel you niggas. The lady behind the counter feel you too, but she don't care. She's just trying to watch Judge Judy. For all those who will miss a six-piece wing fried hard with salt, pepper, and mild sauce and a Bahama blueberry mystic on the side, we weep for you. To everyone who used the white bread soaked in chicken grease to sop up the leftover mouth sauce, <laughs> you a real one, we salute you. Even though you was low-key mad when they started putting that piece of wheat bread in there because they thought it would make your fat ass feel better for eating six chicken wings on a Tuesday afternoon. Harold, sorry. You just gonna have to forgive him for that. For the pop machine whose price and variety remain unchanged to the very end, we'll miss you too. Harold's had a few words to say to the docks next door. We all know had the better perch, but we got it from Harold's anyway since we was already standing in one long ass line and one about to stand in two. Harold said he ain't thinking about your ass in heaven and won't be saving a seat for you. Harold's also wanted us to mention that no, he forgives but didn't forget about you niggas who abandoned him for peeps with those nasty ass GMO having ass three, four dollar ass wings that y'all had the nerve to try to say was better and even went so far as to let Pete's replace the Harold's or host it with that bullshit. He said he'll see you in heaven or whatever and he'll wave but nah, you ain't invited to the function. And when it comes to Uncle Remus, Harold simply said, who? Keep that bullshit out west. 
play with your mammy, not me. Our beloved Harold's leaves in his memory. The Reggio's that to this day, nobody understands why it's still open with that dry ass butter crust. Grand Chinese kitchen that will probably outlast every restaurant on that block. The Starbucks a little bit down the street that can't understand how it never managed to gentrify 87th Street. And the Firehouse Subs that's been there for about 20 years, but it's still considered the new restaurant on the block. Harold's will miss you too, badass little boy. So today, we pour one out for a real one. Girls, Chicken Shack number 55. Even if you are no longer with us in the physical realm, you'll always taste like home. I'm sorry, I have to take the time to shout out my girl. Y'all might not can't see her because the audio, but baby, you are looking great. Thank you. What is it? What have you been doing? Eating all right? No. Exercise? Hell no. What is it then? Oh, I've just been black people laughing. Niggas gonna do what now? I used to laugh like a basic white bitch, you know, ha ha, hee hee, and the like, but lately I've been running around slapping things and stomping the ground. What about them people's living downstairs? <laughs> Fuck them, I pay rent. Tell the folks at home one more time. It's called black people laughing. Here, I'll show you. And a one, and a two, and a slap the table, slap the table, three, and a four, and a run in small circles, tight small circles, five, and a six, and a grab your dick, grab your dick, seven, and a eight, and a nine, slap the person you're beside. Ow! And now for the stories we didn't have time to cover this week in What's Up, My Ticker. A maskless man charged in a police shootout was, quote, just not handling the pandemic well. That's going to be the new insanity plea. I'm sorry, Your Honor, I buried my wife and kids after four months of quarantine. You would, too. Man was arrested on suspicion of public indecency and admitted to having sex with around 450 tractors all over Suffolk County. While everyone is worried about WAP, we should be concerned about thinks my tractor sexy. <laughs> As Congress continues to be deadlocked over a second round of COVID stimulus relief, President Trump proposed a new executive order to give every American a dollar in a dream. A black teen in Oklahoma asked to be tried as a white man. He was found not guilty and has passed the bar exam. Trump says he opposes USPS funding in an effort to block mail-in voting. He should support the Postal Service because they work sleet, snow, or golden shower. I remember not too long ago we were afraid of pissing off postal workers who were known for being trigger happy. But that's the age of Trump. Band Smash Mouth held a live concert because they ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Google took Fortnite off the App Store, joining Apple in a dispute over in-game purchases. To hear the punchline of this joke, you must purchase 25 The People's Report tokens for $26. Enter your credit card information in the comments. A Seattle Seahawks rookie was cut for sneaking a woman dressed as a fellow player into a hotel room during quarantine proving that you can't get a little trim without getting cut. For football player wives and girlfriends, wearing pads isn't the worst idea because they've been known to take a few hits. Painting eyes on the butts of cattle can protect them from lions, research shows. See, I told you, baby, that tattoo of a big titty white woman on my back was to keep away police. Mm-hmm. A woman gave birth on a plane over Alaska and bestowed her newborn with the name Anchorage. My mom almost named me Key because I was born out of wedlock.
So we have with us today um, Derek Clifton. I'm a journalist and a freelance writer. I cover topics at the intersections of identity, culture, and social issues, primarily on issues of race, gender, and sexuality. I've written for Chicago Reader, The Root, The Griot, Vox, Them, Huffington Post, and NBC News. How has um, COVID and um, the boiling point of civil unrest in the country like affected your work? It's been exhausting. I'm not gonna lie. I've had to like literally take a step back. A a lot of the unrest and a lot of the things that we had to say again in 2020 were things we were saying after Trayvon Martin got killed, after George Zimmerman got acquitted, after Michael Brown got shot. And we had to have these same conversations over and over again on race and see dead black person after dead black person become hashtags and having to report heavily during that period and then come back to now where all of a sudden it's back in the news. We see videos of black death and then having to process that for people to, again, try to understand why this stuff is a problem, but I did what little I could to try to contribute to the discourse. But honestly, I was just flattened. I've taken a step back from reporting and I couldn't imagine having to deal with this moment on t- laying on top of my identity as a black woman in America. Exactly. And that's that's the hard part. There's also that assumption that like, if you're black, you come into this with some sort of bias that makes it to where you're not qualified enough to do the reporting. It's like, actually, no, we're the experts of our own experiences. And every single person, whether you're black, white, pink or blue, is going to come into reporting or writing something with your own set of life experiences and ideologies that you need to check at the door or at least be able to do your job in the interest of fairness. And I think that's that's the real goalpost is fairness. Let me pretend I'm a blank slate and write as though I have no experience, but I'm glad in this moment that we're having a really serious conversation about why that's so messed up. This feels different. I think that institutions that have power are doing a better job this time holding themselves accountable and listening to quote-unquote marginalized voices in their newsroom. We'll see where it ends up. A lot of us were saying five years ago when Trump got down on that escalator in Trump Tower and called Mexicans a bunch of rapists and derided Muslims and said everything he said about women, that we take this seriously and it wasn't just a rating sideshow. Though I think they're also going to take some responsibility for how they've been complicit in basically leading us to where we are now, where we have a reality TV show president leading us through the worst pandemic in 100 years. Speaking of um, a reality show president, we might have a reality show first lady with Kanye running for office. (laughs) I should laugh. Do you think that he's going to actually push forward? I think some of this is Kanye. So I don't I don't buy into the whole, well, it's it's because he's not right. I'm like, no, clearly he isn't. But also his viewpoints are wrong and we have to call it for what it is. Yes. You mentioned treating these people like they are actual candidates. We could easily dismiss this as, you know, similar to how we dismiss Trump and look where we are now. So maybe holding him to account for what he's saying, like he was a legitimate candidate, will help kind of curb some of this enthusiasm, if you will. And news reporters, they used to do a good job of ignoring the sideshow candidates. You have somebody like Kanye who comes in at the ninth hour and he doesn't really even have like a campaign operation and you all want to report on this like it's legitimate. I think that's a problem. If we are to imagine a universe where Kanye is elected, 
Um, who do you think he would have in his cabinet? Ooh, the vice president, since he's on this conspiracy theory type thing and also is on some hotepery and picking like obscure people. I'm going to say Dr. Umar Johnson for vice president. <laughs> Everything is going to be blamed on the Alabaster man and on the gays. The black man is going to be the savior of the world. What about education secretary? You know what? If he was smart, he would get somebody like Nas. Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, Speaking of education and um, teaching the babies, what are you reading or watching right now? I just started binge watching Homecoming with Janelle Monae, the second season. I finished binge watching the second season of Pose. Oh, I loved it. I've been watching a lot of Family Feud reruns. Okay. Just because Steve Harvey cracks me up when people give like nonsense answers. I've actually been watching a lot of Supermarket Sweep since they put a collection on Netflix. Yes. Yes. I can't wait until they have Leslie Jones finally host it again. Oh, that would be awesome. Maybe that's why they're putting it on Netflix so they can prime us for it. I don't know how from watching Supermarket Sweep, we couldn't predict like Black Friday. (laughs) With our guests, we play um, a game every interview. So my first question for you, Derek, would you rather let Kanye West or Terry Crews take over your Twitter account for a day? Terry, no questions (laughs) asked. I'll apologize later. Um, Would you rather donate to a cause championed by Sean King or Creflo Dollar? Creflo. Why? Shoot. Sean King's money disappears, allegedly. At least the Creflo and the megachurch preachers, at least you know what them sanctified swindlers are doing. Hey, if you're going to inspire, you know, 80-year-old, you know, anime, whoever, wherever she is in the country, if you inspire her to believe in something, hey, I'd rather give you my dollar than give it to somebody who says they're going to fight for my cause and then just take it and run with it. Don't do nothing. I love that. I didn't think about that. Creflo Dollar 2020. <laughs> All right. Would you rather get your political talking points from Diamond and Silk or Candace Owens? Ooh, this is hard. I'll take Diamond and Silk just because at least I'll laugh. <laughs> okay, that's fair. They're out of a job. Would you rather draft Chet Hanks or Rachel Dolezal for the Black delegation? I'm going to take Chet, not only because we went to Northwestern at the same time. Chet, Chet is silly and tries too hard. Like, I feel like if somebody just sat him down and got him together, he would be salvageable. Would you rather only listen to Dirty Computer or the ARC Android on repeat for the rest of your life? Ooh, this is hard. Probably the ARC Android because I think it's a classic. And if only that album so I can listen to Tightrope on repeat so I can dance on my haters. Dance on your haters. You dance up on them haters? <laughs> All right, so a few um, Chicago questions. Even though I don't want these to bias you. But because um, I know you also spent some time in New York, like me. So would you rather rely on the one train or the red line to get you to where you need to go? Ooh. <laughs> you know what? As jankety as it can sometimes be, I would say the one. You could be on the one train for the rest of your life. Would you rather never eat Italian Fiesta or Giordano's again? I would rather never eat Giordano's again. Really? Fiesta. I know we get my Chicago black card taken, but that's true. If I'm lit, I really want to tell you Fiesta more than I want Giordano's. When the pandemic ends, would you rather walk through the crowds after the fireworks at the Taste or after a Cubs game in Wrigleyville? Taste, Wrigleyville is hell. I will not be walking around Karen, Ken, Becky, and Brody around fireworks. No, thank you. I got my um, nickname actually walking around in Wrigleyville when we were in high school. Tits McGee. I was walking and then some drunk white boy was like, yo, Tits McGee. <laughs> and it's stuck. 
I was like, I'll take that. He's obsessed. I don't blame him. All right, last question. Would you rather be read by Pray Tell or Electra Abundance Evangelisa Ferocity Wintour? She has so many house names, dear Jesus. <laughs> Electra, not even joking. And I would want to see her put her finger in my face, get a gulp of water, and hear Lulu tell her to lubricate and read my bitch ass. <laughs> get out of here. You're done. Thank you so much, Derek. Um, Opinion writer, cultural critic, one of my lifelong friends. Read Derek's work. Follow Derek on Twitter. It's at Derek Clifton. That's D-E-R-R-I-C-K. Clifton, it's a Rick, not a wreck. Remember that. Thanks to Derek Clifton for chopping it up with us this week and the city of Chicago for the red line dude who keeps us supplied with little bags of fruities, oils, and socks. We hope you're enjoying the show and we need your support to make it on Apple's new and noteworthy podcast list. We have two weeks left to make it. If you write a review for us on Apple Podcasts and send us an email at pplsreportpod at gmail.com, we'll mail you some swag to say thank you. 